Welcome to Chicago Audio Works, the podcast of the University of Chicago Press. I'm Lindsay Dawson, Senior Promotions Manager at the Press. We have just released the new 16th edition of the Chicago Manual of Style, and we're here today with the Press's Managing Editor, Anita Saman, to discuss some of the changes. Anita, thanks so much for joining us today. For anyone listening who's unfamiliar with the Chicago Manual of Style, would you mind explaining what the fuss is all about? The Chicago Manual of Style truly is the go-to book for anyone who works with words. So the publication of a new edition is always a big deal. The manual is the most comprehensive guide there is for helping writers, editors, publishers, really anyone who works with words, prepare and disseminate information, whether it's a book, an article, a flyer, a blog piece, a program for a special event, and whether it's being disseminated in print or electronically. Whether or not you follow our guidelines to the letter, the Chicago Manual of Style shows you what you need to think about. And even if you decide to modify something according to the specific needs of your audience, organization, or publication, the Chicago Manual of Style can help you. And this new edition is indeed a major revision, the most extensive since the landmark 12th edition, which came out in 1969. And to top it off, for the first time ever, the print edition of the manual and the online edition have been released simultaneously. Many of our readers might notice that this edition of the manual is light blue, a dramatic departure from its famous orange cover. What do you make of this change? It's an immediate visual cue that this is a dramatically revised and updated manual. And yet, it's also an homage to the landmark 12th edition that I mentioned earlier, which had a bright blue jacket. The 12th edition was also the first edition of the manual to use orange cloth for the binding. And if you want to establish your credentials as a true Chicago Manual of Style geek, you can amaze your friends and disgust your enemies with the information that the true name of the color that has become known as Chicago Manual of Style Orange is really warm red. Notice though that we kept the orange, or should I say warm red cloth for the binding and used it as an accent color on the front cover and spine. In terms of content, how is the 16th edition different from prior incarnations of the manual? Oh, if only there were time to really explore this. For writers, editors, and publishers, more has changed in the past seven years than in the previous 70, which has caused us all to adapt and rethink how we do our work. The processes we follow, the tools we use, the media we use for our publications, the way we do research, all of that has changed. For example, now about 99% of our manuscripts are both submitted and edited electronically. And our authors are using electronic sources, such as podcasts and blogs that either did not exist or were not widely cited, even only a few years ago. The new edition addresses how to prepare material to be released in these and other electronic formats. The 16th edition reflects the best practices in the new ways that authors research and write, that editors develop and edit manuscripts, and publishers release and distribute their titles. So the changes are both micro and macro, from the preferred way to style the term website, 
to the streamlining of capitalization conventions in notes and bibliographies. We even reorganized the chapters. We looked at every aspect and every paragraph of the manual, and in addition to updating, we achieved a logical and intuitive reorganization by chapter and paragraph that brings together closely related concepts. How long does it take to revise a book like this? Can you talk a little bit about the process? We begin working on the next edition of the manual the very moment that a new edition is released. So each edition is years in the making. We start with ideas for the revision that turn into an outline. The feedback we get from our users is invaluable to us. The outline and all subsequent drafts of the revision are reviewed by an inside team that includes members of all departments at the press, as well as our outside board of advisors, which includes experts from publishing and academia. It really is an exhaustive and exhausting process, but it's a labor of love for all of us. We edit, revise, and refine up until the very last moment that we can possibly make changes. You're in charge of the press's manuscript editing department. How do our own copy editors learn the new edition? We're very lucky. We have the inside track in that we've all been involved in the revision in various ways throughout the process. But I would say that each of us has his or her own attack plan. We don't expect anyone to stop on a dime and switch immediately from one edition to the next. That's why we've kept the 15th edition available online for our subscribers, even though the new 16th edition is out and ready to use. If, if you're in the middle of a project for which you've been using the 15th edition, it often isn't feasible to go back and re-edit according to the new guidelines in the 16th edition. I've had to learn several editions of the manual, and what works best for me is to start by looking at the sections on documentation, hyphenation, and capitalization, and seeing what's new in those sections. Those are the sections I refer to most often. I branch out from there. And the beauty of getting familiar with one edition of the manual is you know what kinds of information is in there and what kinds of things you need to be aware of. You don't need to memorize everything, and indeed, I don't think that's possible or desirable, but you learn how to find what you need. And the online edition makes a quick search for something even easier. I use both the print and the online when I work, and I honestly think that's an ideal setup for most editors and writers. I use the print for an overview or an in-depth discussion of an issue, and I use the online for quick searching. I'm curious, what's the most common mistake authors usually make in their manuscripts? That's a hard question. It really varies. Maybe using an apostrophe in the word its when it's being used in the possessive form. Apostrophes and possessives actually are big stumbling blocks all the way around, and not just for our authors, but really for everyone. The English language is pretty eccentric when it comes to apostrophes and possessives. What's your favorite style recommendation from the manual? That's like asking me which of my children is my favorite, <laughs> but I'll try to answer. Um, this isn't strictly speaking a Chicago-only recommendation, but it's one that I live by. I am an ardent believer in the serial comma as is the Chicago Manual of Style. 
And with all due respect to Stephen Colbert and the group Vampire Weekend, as far as I'm concerned, it's as much the Chicago comma as it is the Oxford comma. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion, Anita. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. The Chicago Manual of Style is published by the University of Chicago Press and available in fine bookstores everywhere. For more about this book and our other books, visit our website at www.press.uchicago.edu. The manual is also available as an online subscription. Go to chicagomanualofstyle.org for more information or to sign up for a 30-day free trial. This has been an episode of Chicago Audio Works, the podcast of the University of Chicago Press. Additional episodes of Chicago Audio Works are available from iTunes and other podcast aggregators. Your comments and questions about this podcast are always welcome. The podcast email address is publicity at press.uchicago.edu. Thanks for listening.